on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgianos. Today in our show, we're going to talk about why today's elections matter. I mean, this day. Benji Gershon, founder and president of the Dallas Jewish Conservatives, joins me in the studio. The left's huge Israel conundrum. And finally, if we get a chance to get to it, Senator Cruz's cultural Marxism book. I'll tell you, of course, why these stories matter to you. But I want to start with today's elections. So it's Election Day uh, here in America and in Texas. And I will tell you, for many people, you know, it's kind of not, it's not a presidential election, so they maybe aren't paying that much attention to it. But I want to urge you, even at this hour of the day, if you're listening live, if you have an election where you are, you need to be going to vote because part of what's occurring on this election day, I'll, I'll run it up. Uh, through some of the big races around the country. But part of what's happening is the uh, supporters of the anti-American left, the supporters of the Democrat Party, are watching very closely as to whether how much damage has been done to their voting base by the policies and practices of the Obama-Biden administration. And I did not misspeak. Biden physically holds the office of the presidency. He, in my view, is utterly controlled by Barack Obama, who's been in charge since the moment Biden was inaugurated. So we are at a place where you have the third term of Obama-Biden ongoing. And we, though in this time since Biden took office, we are watching the actual outcome, the impact of America destroying policies, which the left loves, from its, whether it's border, I can't start going through them. I'm just telling you, if you can vote today, you should do it and bring your conservative principles with you to the to the polling place. People are trying to watch how much has Biden hurt the Democrat voting base. I'll tell you a few amazing things, making the left very nervous. There was a New York Times Siena poll, uh, and so which, by the way, when the New York Times is involved, you know they tried to shift it as far left as they could. New York Times Siena poll says that Trump would beat Biden in five of the six swing states. Trump polling ahead of Biden, five of the six swing states. This is causing these people to lose sleep at night, absolutely no doubt. Uh, on top of that, there's um, David Axelrod, who is a, you know, a hitman for Obama, figuratively speaking, uh, has been out there, you know, chomping away uh, at the idea that Biden needs to just step down. You know, of course, it's up to him. Well, I love him and all that, but that he needs to go. But these numbers are really, really hurting the Democrats, frightening them. Uh, also, a um, uh, let's see, who was it? CBS News, another anti-American organization. CBS News and YouGov poll released on Sunday show that Trump would beat Biden 50 to 51, 51 to 48%. And folks, it's not even that close. It's not even that close. And they know it, which is why the left is working as hard as they can to destroy President Trump, because they know as long as he's alive, he will win the nomination on the Republican side, and they know that he would beat Biden if we could possibly have a fair election in 2024. Other troubling points to the anti-American left, Trump's polling, this was announced again by the Washington Post, another entity, no friend of the conservatives, Republicans, or President Trump, announced that Trump's numbers among black voters and Hispanic voters have reached all-time highs for any Republican. Trump is averaging 20% of the black vote in America and 42% of the Hispanic vote. These numbers cause them, I'm telling you, they're losing sleep over this because what you're really seeing, what, the, what all of us are really seeing, if these polls are accurate, which is always a question, what you're really seeing is that reality trumps the effort to divide us along lines of race and ethnicity. When people see what the left is, what they do, what they will do to America, what they're doing to our country, the just destruction of America happening under the Biden administration, 
It doesn't matter what your skin color, your race, ethnicity, national origin, or how much money your grandparents have. What matters is you live in America and you're watching America being taken down by the anti-American left. So voters who have traditionally voted with the Democrat Party are moving over to the Republican side because they can finally see, it's kind of like the veil has lifted off their eyes, they can finally see just how anti-American the Democrat Party is. Last point for today on the subject of the elections of today. In addition to the um, you know, temperature taking uh, in terms of who's going to win uh, many of the races in this country, and they're both gubernatorial races, Senate races, and they're also propositions because many states are voting on things related to abortion. And so the left, of course, thinks they're going to win the day because, you know, they can paint a scary picture for women as though women should be frightened by the idea that abortion uh, isn't available on demand anymore in some states. But the point is, there are people watching these races, whether they are propositions or they are uh, actual elections by in, for individuals, to figure out where the American public are taking the temperature of the American public very quickly. In the state of Kentucky, you have an incumbent Democrat governor, Andy Bashir. One of the races called into serious question by many people who study whether even won the last time. In any case, Andy Bashir is running for re-election. The GOP challenger is a uh, gentleman named Attorney General Daniel Cameron. He's been heavily endorsed by Trump, pushed by Trump, and the polls kept showing that he had no chance. And very recently, polls are saying, actually, it looks like this guy, Cameron, could take out Andy Bashir. It would be awesome. I don't know how it'll come out, but even if it's close, even if the Democrats hold on to that Kentucky seat, they're, they're getting the message that the people are actually listening to Donald Trump and more broadly to the Republican Party. Same thing happened in Louisiana. There was that wonderful victory. Louisiana Governor-elect Jeff Landry, stunning victory uh, without a runoff recently. And today in Mississippi, there's an incumbent governor, uh, Tate Reeves, who's actually got a challenge, a stronger than anticipated challenge from a Democrat candidate. Brandon Presley. So this will be one watch, too, because in the Deep South, the idea of a Democrat, Mississippi, the idea of a Democrat being able to take out a Republican governor will be cause for jubilation if that were to occur on the left. I could run through a bunch of other ones. Virginia, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania have either races between individuals or they have propositions on the ballot that are real temperature taking about what America thinks about where we are in 2023. Given that I don't have the number in front of me, it was a solid majority of Americans polled in numerous polls say the country is headed in a bad direction. And let me translate for you. What they mean is they don't like anything the Biden administration is doing. They're looking for somebody sane, somebody to step up and get America back on track. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. So we have a guest in studio today. You know, I, I had to talk myself into even doing a different topic because I've been just chomping at the bit when to get back to talk with you about the ongoing uh, situation in the Middle East and Israel uh, the, with Hamas and, and the Gaza Strip residents, um, as well as other countries now joining in. And we're seeing rising anti-Semitism in America, which is, I mean, horrifying, shocking. In fact, I'll plant one little seed. I think it is a little bit, what's a good word, suspicious that you had the Hamas attack on October 7th uh, in Israel, the horrific attack. I'm not going to show those videos. I, I, some of you may have seen them. They, they, will, they, they will keep you awake at night and make you ill. But they had that occur on October 7th, and, and seemingly out of the woodwork, like rats coming out from, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't know what rats come out from, a burning building. You see people in the streets marching in favor of Palest the, the alleged Palestinians, and there is no such thing as a Palestinian, which I've been over many times on this show, residents of the Gaza Strip, people supportive of Hamas, and all of a sudden massive marches in Washington, D.C., destruction of property, destruction, uh, you know, uh, they have painted statues, they have spray-painted spray onto the fence surrounding the White House. These are massive angry marches, I'll play a little bit of that, by people supporting Hamas after this October 7th, and I'm just, what I said earlier a moment ago about what's suspicious, either these people are, is it orchestrated? Are they paid? Uh, or is this really this simmering level of love for the, uh, the Gaza residents, love for Hamas, um, anti-Semitism, or maybe a mixture of both? But we'll talk about all this with our wonderful guest today, Benji Gershom. Benji, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. 
Good to see you, sir. Well, I would just start with, you are president and founder of Dallas Jewish Conservatives. I know you've told our listeners before what that is, but tell us again what that is. We're an events-based organization uh, with Jews and Christians who love America, love Israel, uh, pro-God, pro-Constitution, pro-freedom. And we, uh, we do a good job of covering all the issues, uh, local, state, federal. Uh, and obviously, we've been covering Israel very heavily as of late, and uh, it's something that's uh, very important to us. Absolutely true. I've been to many of your events. You do. Actually, to, uh, for our listeners, quickly, not all the events relate to Israel. Um, they have events they'll put on for, you know, just debates or forums between candidates. So people who want to just hear who's, whatever, going to be in a primary, ballot in the general. They do a lot of... Um, that's not a really cool event. But since this incident happened in October 7th in Israel, this attack by Hamas, um, they've started to have a bunch of rallies right here in Dallas. We're going to talk about nationwide, too, but right here in Dallas. And you're part of organizing those, I guess. So you want to tell us how that went, how, how you pulled it together, and what they were? Yeah, so I, I worked uh, very closely with Nick Vujicic, who I think you probably met and had in your yeah, program before. Yeah. Amazing guy. Um, we put together um, an event uh, right after this happened in, in Israel uh, with about 900 people at the DFW Marriott with many speakers, Jews and Christians coming together. Um, the silver lining uh, to this whole thing, if you, if you even can say that, is that I haven't seen so much unity and love between Jews and Christians um, when it comes to support for Israel and the Jewish people in a very, very long time. So that was amazing to see. We had also a, a rally and a march that we did over at Salado Park. Uh, the week after, uh, which had about seven or 800 people there. Uh, we just passionately uh, marched our way down the street, along meandering way, and uh, we had multiple speakers there speaking out, uh, speaking the truth, letting people know the facts, and, uh, and making sure that our voices were heard. Um, and then we have, we were just in Fort Worth for another rally, uh, another great show of support for Israel, again, Jews and Christians coming together. And um, coming up, we have a, another event coming up uh, to, uh, to honor the the victims of the of the Holocaust and Kristallnacht and uh, and standing with Israel. Okay, for our happy listeners, this is a flyer for it. I don't know if you can see it very well, but my husband are going to go to this, and there are going to be many great speakers. Again, it's called Kristallnacht, and if you want to find it, you can go to events.human, the word human, I-T-I-X.com. Am I saying it wrong? Events.humanitics. Oh, humanitics. Events, I'm sorry, events.humanitics.com. Dot com. Anyway, check it out. Is this coming Thursday evening? Going to have uh, rabbi speakers, other um, just other speakers talking about obviously the reference to Kristallnacht, which occurred in Germany, and it was as as history went on, and we re and people realized what the Nazis were all about. They look at that night and thought, "Wow, we should have we should have read more into that. We should have understood what, they, what was coming." Well, there's a lot, and there's a lot of very sad parallels to what happened then and what's happening now, and that's why we're using the hashtag "Never Again Is Now." We want everyone to use that because what we're witnessing right now, we thought we'd never we would never see again, and uh, we're witnessing you know, what we witnessed recently on October 7th was a modern day pogrom, and we're dealing with modern day Nazis. So this is a very serious issue. Oh, very serious. I mean, people were yeah. It, it was it was like a. I know it wasn't the same size, but the same brutality as the Holocaust, the same you're targeted because you're a Jew, yes. ho Holocaust type thinking. And just uh, cannot, and it's amazing because many of us have talked many times about the idea of never again and, and what happened uh, in World War II. And everyone, I think, kind of thought, well, we, we learned our lesson. I mean, we never knew this would happen, but when the war was over, we discovered what they'd done. And the, we have you know museums around the world. I'm sure you've been in many of them. We have two Holocaust museums. And yet this rising anti-Semitism is right in, in our faces in America. Before I turn to that, I want to ask Mr. Emilio, we have, I have numerous clips I sent you, so I'll make sure I'm telling you the right one. Um, I want to get that clip. I think it's the very first one I sent you. Someone did one of those man-in-the-street things where they walk up and say, hey, they have a camera going, and so they're talking to people. I want to sign a petition. This is the very first one, man-in-the-street, and he's trying to get signatures from people to support Hamas. Can you quick play that? Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm -hmm. Alright. Oh yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you know you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? Oh no, no, I don't. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? No. 
I'm glad I read the uh, terms yeah. and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. I'm not interested? Oh, okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East? Not sure that's something to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes. Maybe no. No? Okay. Oh no. Thank you. No. I don't support any of these two things that you just read to me, so okay. then I won't be able to sign this then. That's fair. Yeah, thanks for not signing. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Okay, that is flaming brilliant. Because actually, this is probably what I want to dive into in talking with our guest today. There has been an effort to my view, mostly from the, coming from the American left, to delude Americans into thinking that there is a uh, grotesque mistreatment by Israel toward those residing in the Gaza Strip. There has been an under, undercurrent of anti-Semitism spewing from the left for decades in this country. There has been celebration over the victimhood status uh, of the alleged Palestinians. And so you have young people in this country who just think when they hear well, you know, now there's been Israel is defending itself, finally going to Gaza. They want to quicken be on this, be on the side of the poor victims. They have bred this thinking into our culture and society and education system for decades to the point where when those young people were first asked, do you want to sign, you know, in support of Hamas? They were, yeah, yeah, I'll sign that. Then they find out what it really is. They find what Hamas really stands for. Kind of what we all need to do. Yeah, these are these are liberal indoctrination centers. These college campuses, uh, what they're teaching these students. You have professors that are openly anti-Semitic that are preaching these tropes to uh, to these students, and they don't know any. They don't know the history. They don't know any better. And uh, you know, we've seen a 344 percent increase, 344 percent in anti-Semitism just in this country alone. The number is even higher in Europe. Um, you know, you're seeing on college campuses. You know. Uh, we want Jewish genocide. You know, Israel, you can't hide. We want Jewish genocide. Chance happening over and over again. Um, it's, it's. I, I hate to say this, but the media loves dead Jews. It's, it's. A, it might be shocking to some people, but the second when Israel is not a victim, the second when Israel starts to defend itself, people start to turn on Israel. Israel has every right to defend herself, every right to go after Hamas to the fullest extent. But everyone knows also the Hamas is right in their playbook. They put civilians. Uh, they put their Hamas, rather, right in the, the civilian epicenters, schools, hospitals, the most populated areas. They use them as human shields. This is right out of their playbook. And the Hamas's playbook also is, you know, first first they're going for the Saturday people, a.k.a. the Jews, and then they're coming for the Sunday people, Christians. So if you don't think this is a problem uh, here and affecting you at home, it is because Hamas is already here. They already have uh, epicenters in different cities across this country. Um, and it's just a matter of time. I hate to say it before something bad happens here. And I, I hope that's not the case, but we need to be vigilant and we need to wake the heck up. Absolutely true. I love every, everything you just said. I could not agree more. You know, part of what I, I love the notion of giving a little bit of um, understanding to why those young people, when they were approached by the guy on the street, mm -hmm. would have said, well, okay, sure, I'll sign that. Because there is, I mean, there's a good human heart in America. You think, well, gee, if someone's being picked on, but they have no idea what the facts are, none at all. They don't understand, for example, that Hamas, which was, is the elected government of Gaza, elected in 2000, essentially 2005, 2005. six, and finally took power in 2007, the, Ga the Gaza residents, I'm not calling them Palestinians because they're not Palestinians. That's not, that is not an ethnicity, it's not a race, it's not a historical group. The term Palestinians is a chosen man a term to manipulate people into thinking uh, things that are untrue. We've been all over that several times recently. I won't do it today. But on to Hamas, this, this notion that young people might sign on to support Hamas because they think it's, it's you know, maybe a, a group trying to stand up for oppressed people. They don't even know what it is. And you're, to your point a minute ago, there's a great piece, by the way, everything we talk about on the show, you can find links, and I put them on our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down a list of links. And this is, they're writing, even Reuters, no friend of conservatives, wrote, how Hamas aims to trap Israel in a Gaza quagmire. Now, I think it's important to understand, you, you alluded to what happens. And go ahead and tell us. So Hamas... Uh, nests in. Go ahead and yeah, tell what they do. They, they nest in. They have underground tunnel network. They've spent all the money that they could have been an oasis over in Gaza that Israel gave them. 
and they use it all for terror to build terror tunnels and to house all of their weapon weaponry and to also house the hostages they so viciously and evilly took over to Gaza uh, just a few weeks ago, and they're purposely setting themselves up in areas that are being that are filled with civilians. I mean, Israel is the most moral army in the army in the world. They send out millions of text messages. They send out uh, leaflets, tons and tons of leaflets. They drop them down, telling people, "Get the hell out of that area. Uh, we're going to attack it. We're going to bomb it and get rid of Hamas." And Hamas is actually holding some people even at gunpoint, civilians, so they can't leave. They want to maximize. Hamas wants to maximize civilian casualties. That is their uh, complete agenda. As a political means of turning more people in the world against Israel, it's um, yes. excuse me, <coughs> is the most staggering thing. As you say, Israel goes out of their way to warn people in Gaza, we are going to have to come in. We've got to take Hamas out. Get out of the way. Move out. So, and it is, it, is the, um, it is the Palestinians or it is the Hamas that will not let them leave. And then I just I, – actually, I want you to think about this for a second. Hamas actually builds their tunnels, their terror tunnels. They store military supplies. They have they, – they get in underneath hospitals and schools, behind hospitals and schools. So they know once they have attacked and slaughtered, I think it was 1,400 Israelis on this October 7th, they hide behind civilians. So if Israel dares to try to defend itself, it's going to have to unintentionally, but you're going to have civilian casualties. Hamas knows that. And then with the manipulation that's done by the media, you have them sympathetic to and criticizing Israel for defending itself. It's the most astonishing why anyone falls for it is, is mind-blowing. Not, not to mention the aid uh, that uh, is going into Gaza <laughs> is not going to the hands of the innocent uh, Palestinians. Uh, Hamas is taking the, the fuel and the other uh, supplies so they can restock. And this whole notion that uh, the Biden wants a, you know, a quote-unquote pause it's it's complete BS. It's not. It's just allowing Hamas to refuel, regroup. restock, and regroup. Exactly, and that's not in any way, in, in, you know, in Israel's interest to protect the Jewish people in the in the Jewish state. I will say this education, this opportunity for education in America about Hamas. I really recommend that Reuters piece because they're talking. They're divulging not only the. Uh, physical thing we're, all, we're talking about how Hamas hides its troops and supplies behind innocent civilians so that they can then criticize Israel if they defend themselves. But they're recognizing it. Uh, Israel is trying to, uh, excuse me, Hamas is trying to set up Israel in an endless, they use the word quagmire like we used to use in America about Vietnam, to make it impossible for them to defend themselves, to make them just, you know, if they do act and they go after Hamas, then they get criticized, even by people, in our, you know, in our, our country's administration, they're, they're, they're setting them up for destruction. Yeah, and, and the whole notion of a, of a two-state solution, that's dead now. There, if Israel ever decides they're going to try to do another two-state solution or if America pressures them to do so, don't listen because it's not going to work anymore. That ship has sailed a long time ago. Um, and Israel just they have to they have to defeat evil. At the end of the day, you have to fight the beast by by being a beast, and you have to go ahead and get rid of the Hamas 100 percent. Okay, Andre. One of the interesting thing about Hamas, and I want to have us look at the maps of Israel briefly, because if you haven't seen these, just maps of the area. We'll bring them on in one second. But I'll tell you something else that was really astonishing. I was telling Benji before we came on air. So there is a publication in The Atlantic, which is left-wing. I mean, left-wing to beat the band. They don't like anything conservative. They don't like Republicans. They don't like Trump. They don't like conservative solutions. I mean, they are leftists. Even they came out with an article, which they titled, Understanding Hamas's Genocidal Ideology. And they're making the point that would be so wonderful if every person in the world could finally understand Hamas exists to kill people who do not submit to jihad, do not submit to Islam. Hamas is itself an Islamic jihadist organization, also is the elected government of Gaza. And so Hamas, I mean, this spells out what Hamas wrote in their original charter, how they tried to change it, water it down. Hamas exists to kill Jewish people. That's the point of it. And once you and, and to have the Atlantic admit this, I thought was monumental. It's fine. The left saying, I don't know what the, the uh, Israelis are supposed to do. It, 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 I think it's monumental. They read the caliphate. <laughs> they found that that's the facts learned, right there. Yeah. They're not hiding it. They want to kill Jews. It's nothing, nothing hiding it at all. 
And the next thing they'll do, which we will get to, is they it, it, within Islamic Jihad, within the teachings of Islam, there is the notion that Jews are beneath human beings, they are dogs, they are, they're not even really people. This is actually out of Muhammad's writing and thinking, as well as, so the Quran, as well as later writings. This is as ancient as the founding of Islam, which was, by the way, millennia after the founding of Judaism, just to make a point. But in any case, this Hamas is being exposed. So we have this, you know, which is a start to understand this situation. Um, but I want to go to um, uh, what's happening in America, because there have been some astonishing things happening that, that are just blatantly anti-Semitic. We, we yes. talked about one a minute ago. That yeah. was a, go the ahead. guy, the guy uh, just recently in L.A., uh, an elderly Jewish man, was killed, was murdered uh, at, a, uh, at a rally uh, for the fact that he was Jewish and uh, they disagree with what he had to say. Um, and you're even seeing some of the media trying to cover that up. That should be a front page story. Um, you're seeing, and, I, and I've spoken to many of my Jewish friends uh, and Jewish students, they feel completely unsafe and scared to wear their yarmulkes, to keep their mezuzahs on their doorposts, to, to have their, their Star of David, their Jewish star uh, necklace and not hide under their shirt. This is stuff that, again, is from, from the Holocaust. So this is stuff historically right. that we thought we'd never see again, and it's happening mainstream now across our country. And it, our, this administration that's in office right now has got to do more. We've got to hold our elected officials accountable to do more to stop this and, uh, and, and do more on, on a public safety standpoint. But this is just un, un, unconscionable this is happening. Okay, I am going to get back to America more, but I want to say one more thing about Israel, because part of what people, you know, if you don't look at the maps, you don't think about what's happening, you think, well, you know, this is this area that's in dispute, and they tried this two-state solution, Hamas gets elected, the, the Israeli government actually pulled all of the Israeli citizens who were living in the Gaza uh, area, pulled them out, whether they either let them move peaceably or they forced them out, so they're all out by 2008, I think, and so this Gaza has been controlled by the Palestinians all that time. And all this happened is they, by Hamas all that time, they lob rockets, they, they provoke uh, battles, they... They, they elected randomly, Hamas. Yeah, they elect, these people elected Hold Hamas. Hold them accountable as the people. Elections have consequences, in this case, very tragic ones. Yeah. yeah. So I want to get, actually, for, uh, I want to start, actually, Mr. Emilio, with a map I called Map 3. There are a bunch of maps I know. Let's quick look at this. Just to get, just to get your head around this issue. This is, this is Israel. So you see, if, you, if you're listening online, I'm sorry you can't see the picture, but those of you staring at it, you see where uh, the word, obviously the word Israel is in large red letters. And then you have um, to the, uh, you can obviously the Mediterranean Sea at the, uh, the yellow part is showing Israel. Uh, and just at the con um, next to where it says Gaza, it says Gaza Strip just above the word Israel. That's how skinny Gaza Strip is, okay? So Gaza Strip's a little area. That's Israel. Uh, the other uh, jihadist-controlled area beside Gaza is what um, the, they like to call the West Bank, what the Jews in Israel call Judea and Samaria. That's also as near the Dead Sea, as near the Jordan River. Um, and so the point is, Israel's a tiny nation. The area of Israel controlled by the Jewish government, a tiny, tiny nation. That's map one. Now let's just go to um, map um, two. Map two. Okay. What you're looking at is all those countries in green is the Arab world, is the Arab world. So Israel, and Israel is that tiny, tiny little red speck. So that's what Israel is, red speck, surrounded by countries that are Islamic majority that engage one level or another in jihad and attacking and undermining Israel every chance they get. So Israel is this tiny place surrounded by the Arab world, the Muslim world, and yet this hysteria that the left has managed to stir up, that the Hamas has managed to stir up, is claiming this tiny little segment of Israel, which is tiny compared to the countries around it, is the cause for, you know, exposure, endangering an, an international war, endangering the lives, and then other countries now weighing in. I just want you to take a screenshot of that picture. I have one other good map, I think, or maybe it's not even worth it. Hold on one second, let me tell you, because I want you to get that picture in mind. This Gaza is a tiny strip of land surrounded by Islamic majority. I guess, yeah, okay. So I think, yeah, the one that's uh, four, map four. All right, one other pretty little map. Again, look how tiny Gaza is on the Mediterranean Sea. They have Egypt, you know, buttering, buttress, buttressing up or butting up against um, Israel. They're surrounded by um, enemy countries, Egypt, Jordan, 
Amman and, um, and Lebanon. And so I'm just getting at Israel's this tiny little area. And the reason I really wanted to hammer this a bit today is because if you think this is a battle over geography, you've been duped, you've been lied to, you made a fool of. Israel's tiny. The attack by Hamas is not because of a tiny little strip called Gaza. It's an attack because this is what Muslims are taught to do by their faith. They're taught to kill Jews. They've had many chances to uh, to have their own uh, to have their own state over the years. Just look at Google it, look it up, uh, and at every turn they they denied that. And they had you know if you don't have a partner and someone who doesn't want to kill you, doesn't want, you know, doesn't, wants to see you cease to exist, there's no negotiations, and you've seen that over the years in history. Yeah, that was Golden Meir's famous quote. You can't negotiate with people who want to kill you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it just can't be done. And I, why I'm, I want, what I really want to turn on the heads for American people is I want our country to have just a complete shift to where when you understand the facts, you understand the history, which we can't go over again today, but we have in the past, there's no rational basis. There's no justification for what Hamas is doing. There's no repressed people. I mean, there are innocent victims, as there were in Israel, as there were in Gaza, but the history does not justify treating the people of Gaza or Hamas as the as, as innocent victims. Right, and you know, wars have tragic consequences. It, just because there's going to be you know innocent civilians that are going to get killed, it doesn't mean that Israel doesn't have the right to defend it, herself and, and doesn't have the moral obligation to do so. Um, when they say from the river to the sea. That, that's, they want all the Jews to be pushed into the sea. They want no Israel. They want dead Jews. They mean from Jordan River to the Mediterranean Correct. Sea. So that just means the end of all of Israel. Absolutely. Okay. You mentioned a moment ago a chant on a college campus. Sadly, I saw it was at UCLA, maybe other places too. It's from the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. Um, well, I like to say from the river to the sea, Hamas shall cease to be. That's my well, chant. That should be, but okay. Um, uh, from the river to the sea is basically what their chance is. Um, the rest of it, I don't know, for different versions of it, but it's 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 basically the genocide of of, 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 Jewish, of Jewish people. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening in America? We you talk about a couple of these stories, um, and what I, I, I get at because I'm always trying. I actually have the mission of uplifting America to see things that are see things in their correct factual perspective. So in America, we, the one little story we had was a um, somebody who's a defined in the news story as a Democrat power broker, went to the Eagles game. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why he's in trouble. He's an Eagles fan. He should be supporting the Cowboys. <laughs> no, just kidding. Anyway, went to an Eagles game, and he had on a, he had a flag, which he drooped over. He was in one of those fancy suites. They had, you can droop over flags. He drooped over an American-Israeli flag, American-Israeli, basically showing American-Israel are allies. And he was forcibly removed by stadium um, personnel, stadium um, police types. And they, the standard for what you are not allowed to show as a banner or sign is you can't have signs, banners, or similar items that are obscene or indecent. Tell me again. Makes no sense, right? You know, if, I wonder if it, was a, if it was a Palestinian flag, they would have done the same thing. Probably not. Probably not. And people do this all the time at games. Droop over American flags, droop over the LGBTQ flag. Yeah. I mean, either you can have a no flag standard, then it likes to be the same rule. Right. But this is... What I'm getting at is this mindset penetrated whoever makes those decisions at the Eagle Stadium to say, we can't have someone supporting American Israel as, as united. Right, the cave, caving to the mob, the, the angry mobs of uh, these folks who want to see Israel cease to exist. Um, it's totally wrong, absolutely. It's totally wrong, yeah. So if people listen to this, I do, I, I'm deeply concerned about Israel and about the people in Israel who just, I mean, who still have loved ones who've been kidnapped, don't know with their status, about yeah. the tremendous loss of life and this utterly unprovoked attack. So, and in America, a rise in anti-Semitism. So what do you advise people to do? Yeah, I wanna say, first of all, there's 239, my last count, hostages that are still, uh, have not come back to Israel and including American hostages. And we should also mention that at least 30 Americans that we know of were killed in Israel. Uh, so this is affecting us right here at home. Just because you have, don't have a direct connection to Israel doesn't mean that you're not affected by this as an yeah. American. Um, we need to pray, obviously. Um, the Jewish people are strong because we have an incredible bond with, uh, with Hashem, and we have to pray. 
um, as much as possible, more than ever before. Uh, we need to give. We need to give to the soldiers, to the families who are so tragically affected by the events on October 7th and the ongoing war. Uh, Jews uh, and Israelis have been displaced from their homes. Uh, we're uh, doing our part, uh, Dallas Jewish Conservatives and our partners, Israel 365 and others, uh, to get essential supplies and goods uh, over to the families in need of most, as well as housing, even temporary bomb shelters. Uh, this is their reality. I just spoke to somebody earlier today, a friend of mine, you know, it's like, oh, it's a common occurrence. I go into the bomb shelter and I go into the safe room and it's like the Jewish people are strong. But they need our they need our help financially. They need our they need our love and support. Uh, and the other way is to share um, social media. We need to win the war of public opinion right now in this country. Um, Jews need to wake up. If you're not woken up at this point, I don't know what else to tell you, but <laughs> it's time to stop voting Democrat if you're a Jew, number one, because you saw 120-some-odd Democrats just vote against Israel, uh, you know, aid to Israel. That's number one. But we need to pressure our elected officials to support Israel, to fund Israel. Uh, they, they need our support. Um, and on social media, we need to be spreading the truth and the facts and exposing Hamas uh, for the evil that they are. This is, this is Amalek. This is, this is pure evil, Hamas. Absolutely, it is. You know, I, I make the analogy often, but, you know, if you had someone who was uh, in Congress who was going to vote uh, to help out the uh, white supremacy movement or who's going to uh, the black nationalist movement, some other thing we all understand is we denounce it as evil, mm -hmm. we need to start thinking of and speaking of aid to Hamas, aid to Gaza, in terms of aid to the uh, Hamas or any money that could get to Hamas, including aid to Iran. It is like aiding, it is just as evil as aiding white supremacists. Absolutely. And, and Iran's uh, funding uh, a lot of the rockets and missiles that have been launched into Israel. Uh, we, we hope that Hezbollah doesn't, uh, doesn't try anything stupid because uh, they'll see the wrath of Israel very quickly. Um, but it's, Israel's fighting a, a war on multiple fronts. They've surrounded Gaza City. Um, and we, yeah. just, you know, we wish our brothers and sisters in Israel the very best. God bless them. You mentioned a uh, charity, something 365, I'm sorry, what is it called? Yeah, so Israel 365 has actually been an incredibly instrumental partner uh, with Dallas Jewish Conservatives on a lot of our initiatives to help uh, the families and soldiers in Israel and also putting on these, uh, these past events and our, and our next event coming up on Thursday. They're incredible. They, uh, they help uh, bring supplies to the, to the soldiers. They help with the temporary housing and the bomb shelters. Um, and they're a conservative Jewish-owned organization, 501c3. Uh, check them out, Israel 365. I will check them out. I'm glad to know about that. Okay, so you know, Benji Gershon, as I've told you every time you've been on the show, I love what you do. I'm Thank so you. grateful. Well, I'm so grateful you founded Dallas Jewish Conservatives and that it really is building partnerships with conservatives of, any, of every religion uh, and background. And so it's, it's the commonality of ideas that, that, that brought us together. And then at this incredibly crucial time, I'm glad you're really organizing people to stand up and, and expose what's happening, to stand for what's right. Um, and I, I just, God bless you. Thank you for doing everything you do. Thank you. And, uh, and I'll just say that, um, you know, we're, you know, Jews and Christians are standing shoulder to shoulder, but we're really one shoulder. I heard this the other day, uh, actually, at New, in New Beginnings, Pastor Larry Huck's a, a close friend, uh, a great friend of the Jewish people in Israel, and he said, we're, we're one shoulder. Um, okay. Incredible. So uh, we need to stick together, and uh, we need to fight evil together. Absolutely. Benji Gershon, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, my very fine friends, uh, I think that this issue is obviously close to my heart, as I've mentioned many times. I do, I, um, I did call, I gave a name to this next segment, but I really want to continue talking about Israel uh, and the situation in America and the need for Americans to see clearly what the facts are, to know their history, to understand why Hamas uh, is so dangerous um, and, and what Hamas really is. It's not this, you know, it's not a social services organization designed to help poor people, which they sometimes try to say they are. Uh, I want to, I mentioned how things are in America, and I have a little bit of a clip um, just to tell you the, the depth of evil that has penetrated the hearts and minds of some Americans who feel so convicted in favor of the uh, residents of Gaza and, and against Israel that they actually made statements like you're about to hear. So this is, I, this one, uh, Mr. Emilio, um, I sent him too many clips without uh, numbers, that's not good. But this one says, pro-Palestinian protesters in America by the White House. Can you uh, hit that one? This is amazing. This is in America. These people, this is a clip from MSN, I think. 
Got it. Today, Jewish students at UMass Amherst are on edge after a fellow student is arrested for assaulting a Jew on campus. The school confirming the incident, saying, quote, an individual approached participants and made aggressive and rude gestures. Later, this person returned, assaulted a student who was holding an Israeli flag and proceeded to steal and spit on the flag. Okay, we're going to, you know, the thing is, this is, um, maybe I just got the uh, markers wrong, the timing wrong, but I'll just tell you what it was. I, I probably had the wrong start-stop in there, but there was a pro-Palestinian uh, march in Washington, D.C. They went by the White House. They were chanting, from river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Again, we're talking with Benji. These are people who were marching, that chanting, and, and it was it was at least hundreds of thousands of people, of American citizens, chanting in front of the White House. And they're basically, when they say that, you might think it's cute because it rhymes. What they're saying is the country of Israel must be destroyed and all Jews must be killed. That is their message. Now, just think about all the other marches that left-wingers in this country do. The left has always claimed they're the ones who have compassion, they care, they want... This is, these people are chanting the idea that they want Israel destroyed and all Jews dead. And again, think of the maps you saw. Think of the massive territory that, the, that is controlled completely by Arab countries, by, um, by, people, who, by, by people who are Muslim. Many of them have Sharia law as, their, as a law in their country. These are Muslim-majority countries, Sharia in place. They have all the land that they could possibly need, but they are hell-bent on destroying a tiny little country. Within the clip I meant to send, I must have sent the wrong start-stop, but the gist of it is the reporter was asking people, so... Is what you're saying? I mean, you actually want you actually want Israel destroyed? Yes. Do you think that Pal that the Hamas should just kill all the Jews? Yes. You could not get people in this country to say that about convicted, you know, sex offenders, about you know, serial uh, mass murderers. People don't advocate for violence, and they had their faces showing. It wasn't like they were chanting from behind, you know, a hidden way in some way. Chanting, screaming, screaming, even when asked by a reporter, do you actually mean you want all the Jews killed? Yep, mm -hmm, I do. And so I, I will tell you, I, I touched on it earlier, but we are seeing today in America the result of policies that over decades, over decades happened. And, and we are, it, it's now kind of reached a crescendo. We had with the uh, presidency of Barack Obama, his, his first two terms as president, you know, he engaged in this, this Iranian uh, nuclear deal, which essentially prevent, made exactly zero progress in preventing Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons. In fact, if anything, it enabled it sent money to them, sent pallets of money to them overnight, which Iran, so that in, in now Barack Obama's third term, the Obama-Biden or Biden-Harris term, you have him sending just millions over to Iran, who is the number one terror-supporting country in the world, who takes that money, and you might think you're sending it there to help people, you know, get a better education or help with agriculture or help with something else. No, they all, they spend the money on funding terrorism. That is what they do. It is their purpose for living. So you have the Obama initiative. On top of that, you had many people brought to America uh, after we had our, um, you know, we did have our 9-11 here, and many people figured out that Islamic jihadists were behind it, um, and it was a, another jihadist attack. But when Obama came along, uh, you had the... Um, you had a relaxing of our immigration standards. You had uh, Islamic refugees by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands coming to America, uh, who same people who embrace the teachings of Islam, which says you're supposed to kill Jews and other non-infidels while you're at it, or other infidels while you're at it. Anyone who's not um, Muslim is supposed to ultimately be your, your enemy. So you had the uh, Barack Obama administration bring those people to America, a lot, as well as uh, funding Iran. And then you have the current administration, uh, you know, funding Iran more. And you're saying, well, why are you talking about Iran? This is Hamas. It's all the International Muslim Brotherhood. It is all the agenda of the Islamic, of the uh, International Muslim Brotherhood and many, many umbrella organizations beneath it, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah, or all the other ones you always hear about, it's the same agenda, it's the same, it's the same ideology. 
And so you've had this dumbing down of America about the danger of Islamic Jihad. You had the media complicit in convincing Americans that they really shouldn't be afraid about Islamic Jihad. In fact, if you're afraid about it at all, you must be Islamophobe. And so, and you have just, you have Western Europe pretty much taken over. Uh, most countries in Western Europe have a massive Islamic population that was part of the big refugee movement. In fact, within Islam, it is taught, it is taught both in the Quran and the schools today to use immigration policy as a means of eventually conquering the non-Muslim nations. And so it is, a, I think it's, it's hijra is the words, using immigration, the friendly open arms of countries that are trying to help you escape from tyranny or escape from persecution, and they bring you in, and your goal as a loyal Muslim is to get into those Western countries, those Western civilization countries, and when you have a sufficient number, then you begin asserting Islamic supremacism. This has been going on since Muhammad, since the time of Muhammad, been going on for centuries. So where we are today, we have in America, I don't know how many, but a significant population of people sympathetic to Hamas, which is committed to the killing of Jews and the killing of ultimately of everyone else who does not submit to Islam. You have people in America who could, at a moment's notice, we had the October 7th attack in Israel, and you had masses, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets supporting Hamas, and mimicking their, what they chant when they go out into the streets. I mean, this is a, it's not just a danger over there. People say, well, you know, it's the Middle East. They've been at war since time began. That may be true, that there have been, there have been many, many wars. It's a, it's a provocation by those who believe in Islamic Jihad. It's their provocation and people trying to defend themselves. It's not two equal players. But where we are in America today, we have a very significant population in this country that actually believes in this idea uh, that, they, that what is happening in Israel, that Israel trying to defend itself against a totally unprovoked, murderous, Holocaust-style, br brutal slaying of thousands of citizens, and if Israel dares to defend itself and go after Hamas that intentionally hides their own troops and materials and supplies next to schools or tunnels under schools, under hospitals, that, and, they, and then they use the propaganda war to blame Israel for, the, for defending itself, which obviously is going to involve some innocent citizen suffering. People, there's got to be a wake-up call in America, a wake-up to the real facts on the ground, and then what is occurring. Uh, so I'm going to try one other vi uh, video. I hope we got the right markers in this one. So this one is, this is a video that was called, it was called, Why Will No Other Muslim Arab Countries Accept Refugees from Gaza? And let me explain something quickly about Gaza. The people of Gaza who have absolutely no um, ethnicity that is Palestinian. Palestinian is not an ethnicity. It is not an ancient national origin or ethnic group. It is a word used to manipulate you, to confuse you into not understanding the facts uh, of who lives in Gaza. But the Gaza residents elected Hamas as their leader. Hamas, whose founding documents say they exist to destroy Israel and kill Jews. That's what Hamas is. And the people living in Gaza elected them. Now, I've seen all sorts of stories this morning, people saying, well, but that was back in 2000. It was kind of five, six, and seven because between the election and the actual taking hold of government, you know, lots of these people today, they didn't even vote then. They weren't old enough to vote. They're not responsible. Still, they, they cannot overthrow. It is, it is not the fault of Israel that the people in Gaza have a government, which is Hamas, dedicated to killing Jews. In any case, so people saying, well, why can't you let the innocent civilians out? Let them out of Gaza, the ones who aren't trying to support Hamas, the ones who just want to take care of their families and live their life. Well, one guy dug in because, the, you, as you saw from the maps earlier, Gaza and Israel are surrounded by Islamic-majority countries. You would think they would be open arms saying, come on in, yeah, 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 we'll take all the residents of Gaza. They won't do it. And here's just a, a little clip of a longer video of why that is the case. More Arab countries in the Middle East taking in Palestinian refugees.
The onset of a renewed war between Israel and Hamas has led to fears that millions of Palestinian people living in the Gaza Strip may be forced to become refugees. But despite the fact that Gaza shares a border with Egypt, the Egyptian government almost immediately ruled out any possibility of accepting Palestinian refugees. In fact, Egypt is currently constructing an even larger border wall with Gaza than the one it currently has in place. Now, many outside observers have asked why Egypt, a majority Arab and Islamic nation, would turn away the Palestinian people. And of course, many have pointed out that it may serve the political interests of many Arab nations to refuse to accept Palestinian refugees because it allows them to then blame Israel for any sort of humanitarian crisis that unfolds. But the thing is, historically, many Arab nations have accepted Palestinian refugees. And that may be why Egypt doesn't want to now. For example, in 1991, the Kuwaiti government actually expelled nearly 300,000 Palestinians in the aftermath of the first Gulf War. And this represented an astonishing 18% of Kuwait's entire population. So what was the reason? Well, the Palestinian Liberation Organization had actually supported Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait a year earlier. And this support only grew after Iraq began attacking Israel with rockets throughout the war. After Kuwait's liberation, the government considered much of the Palestinian community to be complicit in the Iraqi occupation of their country. And in response, nearly all Palestinians were deported in just a few months. And this wasn't the first time something like this had happened. Decades earlier, the Palestinian groups operating in Jordan had come to openly call for the overthrow of Jordan's monarchy in the aftermath of the Six-Day War. At the time, the PLO maintained its own separate army on Jordanian soil and used that armed force to sow chaos. Armed gangs of PLO militants drove around the capital of Amman, robbing families and businesses in the name of collecting financial assistance for the ongoing war of attrition against Israel. When members of the Jordanian police and army tried to defend their citizens from these attacks, they were attacked and killed. The Palestinian political network operated as a state within a state, with militants repeatedly using Jordan to launch rockets into Israel. There's a lot more to that tape, but the reason I want you to see that is there is a reason. There, is, there are answers to the questions of why is it that all these people residing in Gaza who are innocent, I mean, they're obviously young children, babies, children, women, many of them not in any way connected with what Hamas is doing. It's a historical disaster. It is utterly unfair to the people who are innocent within Gaza who did not have uh, any desire to have Hamas elected. But if you're upset with the victimhood status, you're, accept, you're upset with the danger that the people living in Gaza face, the person to point the finger at, the entity to point the finger at, is not Israel. It is Hamas itself and maybe even the surrounding majority Muslim Arab countries because they have understood that over the decades what has been bred into at least a significant portion of those living in Gaza is a violent um, violent conduct, a loyalty. Uh, you know, there's more factors to the uh, Hamas being uh, voted in. in the vote was 2005. There's some adjustments happened. Six finally really took hold in 2007. Uh, the PLO was in the middle of all that, uh, and the Palestine Liberation Organization. The place is just a hotbed. But everything occurring in the Gaza, everyone living there who's victimized, is victimized by Hamas and more largely by Islamic Jihad, and most certainly not by the country of Israel. And I want to go back again briefly and mention what Barack Obama did. He engendered sympathy among the American people. He portrayed falsely what Islamic Jihad is. He portrayed falsely the victimhood status of many people in Gaza. And America began a, 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 pop, a um, policy of bringing into America people who we're not necessarily friendly to our style government, our country style government. The respect for freedom, the respect for what is, um, the, the respect for what America is. I'm telling all this to say, I'm leading up to say, where we are now is we have Biden in office, who's really third term of Obama Biden. There is already talk about from well, if we can't get these other countries surrounding Gaza 
to take in, you know, Jordan, Egypt, Lebanon. If we can't get those countries, Kuwait, if we can't get those countries to take in all these poor refugees, we probably have to bring them to America. This would be a disaster of incalculable proportion. And I do want to plant that seed now to say, if you're going to communicate with your member of Congress, your senator, to say, please, you know, please support Israel, please continue to help them defend themselves, please fight the left who's constantly maligning Israel and, and making false claims about Gaza. If you're going to do that kind of communication, you ought to be adding right now, and please do not, under any circumstances, agree that there's going to be a refugee movement bringing Gaza residents to America, period, full stop. We don't need any more citizens in America who don't believe in the idea of America. I had a final segment today, a fourth segment, which um, I'm just going to briefly touch on. I'll have to um, come back to it another day. But the U.S. Senator Ted Cruz from the great state of Texas has a new book out called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. There's a little segment of it that was reprinted in The Federalist, and I put it up at our website, americacanwetalk.org. I really urge you, I really urge you to read that article and to get his book. And the reason I'm excited about it, I can't talk about it anymore, it takes a amount of time. The reason I'm excited about it is that this is a national level, true conservative leader calling out the cultural Marxism of the left, call, calling out how America is being taken down by Marxism right in front of our very eyes in ways that we don't see as yet we don't necessarily see it as an attack on America. We don't see it as an attack because it's couched in nice terms like we're just trying to help people, we're just trying to protect the downtrodden. All the things the left does contorts reality and to fit their agenda, misstates what they're doing, lies about what they're doing, and they're bringing to America ultimately the destruction of America as founded. I'll talk more about it um, on the show next week. I do want to encourage you to tune in Thursday, this Thursday, a couple of days from now, our guest in studio, we're bringing her into Texas for this interview. Her name is She, as in her first name is X-I, She Van Fleet. She's the author of a book called Mao's America, and she is warning about what the left is doing to America today is exactly what Mao Zedong did to China. She was actually a survivor of the Mao Zedong Cultural Revolution in China. She was a schoolgirl at the time that happened. She can tell you the grotesque things that occurred. She can tell you the manipulative tactics used by Mao. And she is trying to scream from the rooftops in America, you have to see what the left is doing. You have to understand where they're headed. Brilliant book. She's brilliant. She'll be here Thursday. Don't miss the show. Okay. I close out the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our happy show today uh, talking about why today's elections matter. Many states are voting on resolutions or propositions or initiatives, or in the case of Texas, constitutional amendments. Patriots are needed. From spending to limiting government expansion to stop creeping Marxism in America, show up at the polls. Democrats' policies are on very, are on very public and ugly display. Under this third term of Obama-Biden, pollsters and leftists are trying to figure out how much damage has been done. President Trump leads Biden in five of the six swing states, and the Dems are nervous. Trump and the GOP are gaining ground among black and Hispanic voters. Showing up for every election matters. Vote to preserve American freedom, sovereignty, and strength. Vote Marxism out while you still can. And the left's huge Israel conundrum, Hamas brutality was on full display in Israel on October 7th. The world, even the leftists, were horrified. A non-provoked bloodbath of innocent babies and adults. Leftism and leftists have pushed many lies for decades in America about Gaza. The people living in Gaza who are not ethnic Palestinians. They've opened America's borders and our homeland to many who support jihad and Hamas. They have denied the truth about the Islamic jihad agenda and subtly cultivated anti-Semitism. Now that Hamas has committed Holocaust-level barbarity, Obama-Biden must face reality and voter outrage. Americans must understand if Hamas succeeds in its jihad against the Jews and the conquering of Israel, Christians and Americans will not be safe. We will be next. 
And finally, Senator Ted Cruz's new book on cultural Marxism, new book by Texas Senator Cruz, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America, is both a wake-up call and historical marker. Leftists for decades in America have succeeded in advancing Marxism, which always leads to communism, by couching their policies and statements in terms of protecting minorities and helping the poor and downtrodden and trying to make life fairer. It's very significant that U.S. Senator Ted Cruz is calling out the left in America today for who they are and what they're selling, Marxism. We cannot escape from their destructive policies by ignoring their real agenda. It must be called out. Speak truth about America. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is America Can We Talk. You can find it online at americacanwetalk.org and on every other social media, popular social media channel except YouTube. I urge you to tune into my show. I do it now. I've cut back the show to two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. I invite you to join our, to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, to join America Can We Talk, to follow us on social media, and to share what you're learning. I do this show, America Can We Talk, to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you?